What's up, everybody? It's Greg, and here's what's coming to the Popping Collars feed in the month of November 2020. On the flagship Popping Collars podcast, we're talking religion and politics. On take two, Kyle Goodman returns to look back at the Marvel movie saga. Betsy and I wrap up the year of 1989 Oscar movies with a conversation about When Harry Met Sally on Going on 30. The Sacred Six arrives at the episode of Star Trek with the most famous kiss in television history, Plato's Stepchildren. And finally, you asked for them to return, and we delivered. Liz and Ricardo are back with a new episode of the PC Book Club. Thanks for listening, and keep those collars popped. Shana, which philosopher would you choose to be the stepchild of? No one. Oh, that's a good <laughs> one. That, that almost beats mine. Mine was going to be Yoda. I was going to choose oh. to be a stepchild of Yoda. <laughs> oh, man. Oh, if, okay. <laughs> you want to read it? <laughs> well, well, I mean, since you picked Yoda, I mean, Obi-Wan is the man. There I we go. Love to be a stepchild of Obi-Wan. <laughs> <laughs> this is the Sacred Six. Welcome to the Sacred Six. Sometimes an item in pop culture is just too big for one podcast episode, and that's where this show steps in. I'm your host, Greg Knight, and my special guest for this series is Shayna Watson. Shayna, how are you? I'm wonderful. Under the influence of Obi-Wan Kenobi. That's right. (laughs) We continue to boldly go through six episodes of Star Trek, and this month we find ourselves at Season 3, Episode 10, Plato's stepchildren, and oh my goodness, someone has to do a one-minute plot summary, and it's not me. (laughs) So I'm going to start the clock, and a one-minute plot summary for Plato's stepchildren. Ready? Go. Alien life forms came to Earth, inhabiting the Earth during a time when Plato and Plato society ruled. After that Greek civilization had died or gone dormant, these alien life forms return to their planet. And so because they appreciated the Greek civilization so much, they replicated it on their planet, calling themselves not so much Plato's children, but Plato's stepchildren. Intercene with the Starfleet um, command, the Enterprise, and, and then Bones has to cure the leader of this particular place, and they want to keep him there. And Captain Kirk and Spock says, no, they're not leaving Bones behind. And then they start seeing all of these other power dynamics. And see. <laughs> that was so hard. That was hard. That was hard. But you took it all the way back. And that is to be commended. Uh, because a lot of that stuff was like lines of dialogue that you were pulling in. Like, that was great. So what was the moment that stood out to you most in Plato's Stepchildren? All of them. Yeah. Was this a was a great story. episode. It really was a great episode. I mean, again, from my particular perspective, if, if you want to see race into it, if you want to see gender into it, power dynamics, if you want to see um, intellectualism versus emotionalism, 
and being preyed on or seen as weak. Plato's stepchildren was a very overly stimulating um, episode. I did, I actually ended up watching it through twice this time around because I watched it when I was younger. And then, of course, the, the controversial kiss, which to me was was least of the mm-hmm. things that that were really highlighted. I'm like, okay, Captain Kirk and her kiss, you know, mm-hmm. all these other things are going on right now. Like that's not important. But again, you know, where it's, it's a commonplace now in our society, I'm, I kind of, you know, just took that for granted, but I can see how that can be a big deal. Yeah. I'm, I'm with you. And let's go right to the kiss because honestly, when watching this, I think, I think maybe it helps that we're five episodes in to like the, you know, the series of episodes that we're watching, but what stood out to me, and this is honestly, this is my 2020 eyes looking at this. Wasn't the fact that it was two uh, people of different races kissing. It was the fact that it was a commanding officer and a Lieutenant. Like that's what made it sort of stand out to me, it, you know? And I think Kirk even says it to her. He's like, we've got a mission to do. Like, let's, let's, let's do this. We've got, we've, we're going to do our mission. Um, and it wasn't even like a sexy kiss. Like there was no, no tongue. It was like a force. It was like a force little yeah. lip. Like, yeah, it was like that like, face smash. Know. Yeah. Kind of just, <laughs> those old like sixties face smash kisses. Like, yeah. <laughs> Like, I don't want to eat these sweet peas. (laughs) Even the sets, they're just so colorful. And I mean, the word that comes to mind is sumptuous, which is a little weird. But it's like, there's just so much for you to take in when you're watching. There's so much stuff happening on the screen. The moment that stood out to me, though, was the Kirk Spock. I called it the Kirk Spock improv show. They're trying to convince Bones to stay. And they're like... Look, we can make your, you know, we can make your captain and your science officer do whatever we want to. And just all of a sudden, like Kirk starts acting like a horse and Spock starts like laughing and it just goes on for so long. It just makes you uncomfortable watching it. He's a Vulcan. You can't force emotion out of him. You must be joking, Doctor. Don't destroy him. Let them break you. Hold on. (laughs) He saved your life. I'm ashamed to be a Platonian. Ashamed. excruciating like i i felt humiliated you know we've gotten to know the characters we know that spock is non-emotional in logic we know that captain kirk is broad shoulder man um and to see them brought so low mm-hmm. and forced against their will as you know who who outsmarts kirk or spock not mm-hmm. together one you know either one is down the other one is like figuring things out but they were both powerless they were stripped naked and there was nothing that Bones could do but to watch this humiliation. So you're right. It went right. on for so long. Spock was doing the flamenco and, you know, almost stepped on his face. I mean, it was just like, 
It was sadistic. It was insane and sadistic. Plato's stepchildren mm-hmm. are bonkers. The thing that really was driven home to me was that the what lies at the heart of this episode is this idea of supremacy and how one person can see themselves as superior to another and they see themselves as superior beings. And this is similar to what we talked about with the Khan episode. But the way that their superiority comes across as that not only are we superior, but we don't even see the humanity in you to the point that you're just a body that exists for my amusement. That was really powerful. I didn't quite understand why they kept asking, well, when did you achieve your power? You know, when were you able to um, move things kinesthetically? Like, I didn't understand why that was such a big deal because they talked about it a few times, but it was more about how can they achieve that power in order to defeat them? Like, it wasn't something they were naturally born with, but rather it was something they obtained from Mm -hmm. that space that they were in. So even their own power or their um, their illusion of power wasn't something that came naturally to them or to their superiority, perceived superiority, but it was something that they got from the land. So And they withheld it. So right. anybody could access that. But for whatever reason, Alex, that, that was the name of the little person, mm-hmm. um, his body wasn't, wasn't able to absorb the nutrients from whatever the plants were in order for him to accomplish that power, but they figured out a different way for him to access it. I'm curious as to, you know, and some of what we see, how that translate with ex- accessibility, um, equal power, what do we want yeah. to do with it? So. Yeah. I mean, it comes, it comes back to the question of justice. Like what, what is justice? Yeah. That's, that's, I think that's, that's how I would answer the question of where does this episode intersect with where we are today? It's this idea that people that see themselves as having power, whether that's through money or politics or, you know, whatever, their ability to think that they can inflict their idea of law and order on those they consider beneath them. And basically like that whole notion strips the humanity of everyone around them. And that's what Alexander is trying to give voice to. You know, Alexander has that great quote where he says, um, they told me that I was weak and I believed them. And I think that that's, that's, the, uh, that's the sin of the folks in power. That is so true. That, that was a powerful line. Alexander, he, he was filled with it's really, really good. Yeah, um, powerful really good. Yeah. And this, in society also keeping in mind because remember, Bones was like, how is it that a cut can have this type of excruciating effect on whatever the guy's name is, Julius or whatever? Mm-hmm. And she said, you know, you have to understand, like, our society has lived in peace and harmony for so many millennia. Like, we don't have need for law and order. We don't have need for medicine mm-hmm. because of the way the harmony or, or movement or whatever here works. However, it was all at the cost of, you know, everything was weighed on Alexander's back. They abused him for entertainment, for pleasure, for whatever. So it's like, you know, there's this really sweet surface of harmony and peace, and we don't need law and order, and we don't need this. And yet there's the underbelly, the shadow side, that all of that is being done to this particular person. Yeah, that's such a great point about the beauty of it, because the episode is beautiful, but at the heart of it is like something disgusting. Yeah, it has the trappings of beauty, but it's rotten at its core. Like it's not real and it lacks integrity. If someone has to suffer for your own prosperity, that just messes my principles all up. Some people can live with that. And, you know, hey, 
but we we see that and in, in it's very visible in, in human trafficking mm-hmm. and you know some of the immigration issues that that are happening right now um i mean it's ha- our prison industrial complexes so that's plato's stepchildren <laughs> <laughs> the end this is a great episode of the show like it really, it really is. Uh, it's got a lot to say and it's got some really tough moments, but I think that they all add up to like a pretty, a pretty good hole. Uh, who is your MVP of the episode? Alexander. I think I'm, I think that's his name. Yeah. So yeah. He's, he's definitely the MVP and also Bones, I would say is in the running. Yeah. I, I just, I don't know how he was able to watch it all. But he had to. Mm-hmm. And it just reminds me of, I mean, I'm sure I'm probably stretching this, but, you know, we often talk about the, narr- the narrative of the cross and, and Mary having to watch Jesus suffer and be, and be crucified. And even now, I'm like, you know, when we're watching all these violent videos and all we can do is watch and be horrified and, you know, try to act and respond later on. Yeah, I'm with you on Alexander. Alexander had so many great quotes. One of my favorite uh, was when they offered him the ability to uh, control things with his mind as well. And he initially said no. And one of the reasons why was because he said, I don't want to become one of them. I just think that that's so powerful. That, that idea of, I don't want this power because I don't want to become one of them. That is another adventure. In the captain's log, our final frontier awaits next time when we'll be heading to season three, episode 15. Let that be your last battlefield where we see the true cost of prejudice and obsession. We will see you then. Star trekking across the universe. On the Starship Enterprise, under Captain Kirk. Star trekking across the universe.